You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, John was talking about satisfaction this morning. Well, I'm going to talk about it too. The title of my message today is Satisfied. John chapter 7, 37 to 39. It was on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his innermost being, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Heavenly Father, make your word real to our hearts today. We thank you, Lord, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The Old Testament describes three major celebrations that became a part of the Jewish annual calendar. One was Passover, commemorating their miraculous release from Egypt as slaves. They were led out of Egypt by Moses. The next one was Pentecost, And it was the accumulation of the exodus at Mount Sinai, 50 days after they left Egypt. And then there was the Feast of Tabernacles, as they remembered the giving of the Law of Moses. And these are very special occasions for the Jewish people. This great feast referred to was the Feast of Tabernacles, that great day of the feast. One of the things that they commemorated was to celebrate the, was the water that God gave from the rock in the wilderness. 1 Corinthians 10.4 tells us that that rock was Christ. I am told that each day the priest would pour out water before the altar to remember this miraculous day when the people were dying of thirst and Moses struck the rock and water came out. The quenching of the physical thirst had spiritual significance. Everything that God has ever done in the natural, the miracles that he has done that we can see and handle tangibly always has a spiritual significance. And so it was in this context that Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. They were already focused on what they were celebrating. 
the priest that probably was just pouring out the water again. And Jesus said, this is a great opportunity for me to get this message across to them. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. The Bible places great emphasis on satisfaction. John chapter 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's the ultimate of satisfaction. Anyone who has ever been hungry, really hungry, knows what it's like to finally be able to sit down to a good meal. Anyone who has been ever thirsty, really thirsty, can really appreciate what it's like to get a drink of nice, cool water. In Psalm 107, verse 9, says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. That's satisfaction. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, For in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That's satisfaction. Jesus satisfies our spiritual thirst. Here Jesus used water to refer to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that within the innermost being of every soul, there is that, that thirst, that spiritual thirst, that spiritual hunger for God. And even though a person may not recognize it as such, they may search the whole world over for, to get this, this hunger, this thirst quenched. But it's only when they turn their lives to Christ do they find that finally they have grabbed onto something that satisfies. You can live a long time, they tell us, without food, but not very long without water. In the same way, that water is essential for the physical life. The Holy Spirit is essential for spiritual life. There's something about this presence of God in a service as you sing those songs that makes you alive. God is ministering to your heart when you come into a worship service and you begin to open up to him and you'll allow the song that we sing to minister to your heart. When our heart or soul thirsts, it is for God's Holy Spirit. There's a spiritual void that will draw our spirits into 
a search for the living water, the Holy Spirit of God. The psalmist expressed it in this way, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Jesus knew that these people were drinking from a river of ritual. After this feast was finished, they would go back to their same old ways. The same fears, the same faults, the same failures, the same frustrations. They were drawing water from the wrong well. People try to quench their thirst in all the wrong places, don't they? You and I were the same. Drinking from the worldly well will not produce the fruit of the Spirit. When we begin to drink from God's well, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, begin to take root in our lives. And it comes out in our daily actions. Are you thirsty today? Do you have a spiritual thirst that desires for a relationship with God? If anyone is thirsty, he says, come to me and drink. This is specifically addressed to those who are thirsty. God will not command me or you to be thirsty. To go after him. His desire, as as we like the psalmist would say, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. We need to cry out as David cried out in Psalm 63, 1. God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so many times in our lives we find ourselves in that predicament. Even as born-again Christians, we grow cold. We leak out. We get so involved in material things that we just neglect the spiritual things. Then God gets a hold of our heart. We could be driving down the road listening to the radio. And the gospel Preacher comes on and speaks a word, and it begins to click with you again, and you realize, man, it's been a long time since I had a drink from that cool spring. It's the only way to have a close relationship with God. is to move in the Holy Spirit. To allow God to speak into our hearts. To allow Him to minister to the need that is in our lives. 
That's why Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He's well aware of the tactics and the devices of the enemy that tries to get us away from spiritual things. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Every thirsty soul can be filled if we desire to turn our life to him and to call upon him for that mighty infilling. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me. He has made the move towards you and I, and we have to do the rest. Solomon tried drinking from the wrong wells. He tried wine and women, wealth. He had everything his sinful heart desired. He held nothing back, the Bible says. His conclusion is that all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 13. He said, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon finally found what many of us know to be true. The true source of satisfaction and fulfillment is a relationship with God. The drink that Jesus gives us is a drink that lasts. Some people say, one day I will follow Jesus, but I got to clean up my act first. I got to do some things, I got to make some things right, and then I'll come to him. Do you know something? If you're waiting for that day, that day will never happen. Because you can't do it on your own. You can't clean up your life as much as you try. You can't do it. If we could do that, Jesus died in vain. If we could make ourselves clean, if we could clean up our own lives, Jesus would not have had to die. The way to Jesus is not holiness. The way to holiness is Jesus. Good works are important, but they're not the root of the Spirit-filled life. They are the fruit of the Spirit-filled life. First, you must come to Jesus and drink. And then you will be able to do these things that God calls for every one of us to do. John chapter 7 relates to a story of a woman of Samaria, despised by the religious Jews and shunned by her own community. Because of this, Bible scholars feel that this is why she came to draw water from Jacob's well alone. Usually you would find a group of women coming to draw water. 
But Jesus used a physical thirst for water again here to teach a spiritual truth when he asked her, a Samaritan woman, for a drink. She was shocked that a Jew was asking a Samaritan for a drink. John chapter 7, beginning to read at verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. There it is again. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Verse 13 and 14, Jesus answered her and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will, be, will become in him or her a living, a fountain of living water springing up into everlasting life. She replied, give me this water. Jesus said, go tell your, your husband. And, and, and she replied, I have no husband. And Jesus said, I know. You have had five husbands, and the one you are now, have, now you have is not your husband. In that you have spoken truly. Marital dissatisfaction is nothing new. Jesus encountered it 2,000 years ago. He knew that her marital dissatisfaction was a symptom of her primary problem. She had taken a sip now from the water by opening her heart to believe and to talk to Jesus and listen to his words. And now revelation was being received. And she says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. It's amazing how the light of the gospel comes into our hearts. And sometimes in just simple conversation, a Jewish man, asking a Samaritan woman who was considered, as far as the Jewish people were concerned, she was a dog. They had no respect for them, and neither did they for the Jews. And a simple conversation. She says, I perceive that you are a prophet. The light was beginning to shine brighter and brighter into her life. She was now ready to receive this spiritual drink. It is almost as if she was thinking out loud when she says, the Bible says, verse 25, chapter 7 of John, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, 
I who speak to you am he. Because she had opened up her heart now, because she had took time to listen, there's great revelation coming into her heart. Revelation is good news, and it has to be shared. When you get to understand something for the first time, when you get to experience something for the first time, you want to share it with someone else. The Bible says in 28, verses 28 to 30 of John chapter 7, the woman then left her water pot, went her own way into the city, and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came to him. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word that the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So then the Samaritan, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own words. And then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. That happens so many times, so many of you, myself included. We heard the gospel message from some preacher or some friend, they told us about Jesus. And we could sense because of their life and their love for the Lord. Some of us saw the changes that were in their lives. And it was revelation to our hearts and we believed. We believed enough to say with somebody what we call a sinner's prayer. And we said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've sinned. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that if I just accept you, you will forgive me of all my sin and give me a place in your kingdom. And as we began to walk day by day, we found ourselves getting stronger in the Lord. The revelation was getting clearer. And once that revelation came into our hearts that I am a born-again believer, there's no one, there's not enough demons in hell, there's not enough People that disbelieve in God and, and, and tear down the church and everything that God stands for. They can't convince me that I'm not born again. Now I know for myself. Not because of what that preacher said. Not because of what that neighbor said. Not because of what that friend said. But because I've experienced him for myself. 
And the same thing that happened when this woman declared to her friends, could not this be to Christ? And they had to go and see for themselves. And they became followers of Jesus. The same thing can happen in this community. Wherever somebody shares their faith with somebody else, there will always be, if you'll share it enough, there will always be somebody that will accept Christ. I can be the weakest of the bunch, just barely able to live my life for, for Christ and share my faith. But the next one you share your faith to may be as bold as a lion, may become an evangelist winning thousands of people to the Lord. So just imagine if one woman could do this, Change the life of a community. What if a dozen or more of us, or 20 or 30 of us, got down to business and said, I'm going to share my faith before this year is over. I'm going to share my faith until I see somebody coming to Jesus Christ. They'll come to church with me. They'll do something. But there will be a change in their lives. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the work would we would have to do? Can you imagine the work that Jesus would do in this community? I've often said the gospel message is that Biggest pyramid plan ever. You think of Amway and those things. But the gospel message, you tell someone, you, they tell someone else, they tell someone else. And it grows and grows and grows and grows until there are millions, millions upon millions of people who are following Jesus Christ today. One person who is tired of their lifestyle or fed up with the ritual of religion, willing to look to Jesus for spiritual transformation, can change a city. Take a spiritual drink today and let your overflow become a means of many more experiencing this river of living water. A young man born into a Christian Pentecostal parent's Strayed from the faith, became bitter and angry towards people. His several attempts at serving the Lord failed, and each spiritual failure resulted in him going deeper into sin. Something the same as you, Cameron. His parents and his church never gave up on him, and he kept praying. They kept praying. God gave him a beautiful wife. She soon, after they were married, 
they had their first son and she committed her life to the Lord. And he followed her example of a couple of months later. In midlife, they both answered a call to full-time ministry, pastoral ministry. And God did some amazing things in their life. And today they are fully satisfied in Jesus. That young man was me. For a long while, I was drinking from the well of my own making. It reminds me of the words of Jesus to his disciples while he agonized in prayer just before his arrest in the garden. He said to them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And all multitudes of people are in the same boat, my friend. We try and try and try to serve God to the best of our ability. And we fail, and we beat ourselves up over it. But I want you to hear Jesus speak to your heart this morning. The Spirit is willing. You've got a willing spirit to serve God. And when you find yourself lying down on the job, when you find yourself sleeping, when you should be working for the Lord, when you should be praying, when you should be sharing your faith, don't beat yourself up. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So that's why you don't go in the flesh. That's why you strive to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. And how do you do that? The only way I know how is to read my Bible and to pray and to fellowship with people of like faith. I remember slipping in my faith again. We were married now. One Sunday evening, we used to have Sunday evening services. Holy Spirit prompted me to renew my relationship with Jesus. I cried and sobbed as if my heart would break. And I prayed, Lord, if you ever see me going this far away from you again, take my life. I don't ever want to go back on you again. But do you know something? It was some 45 years ago. Probably even more. If God had a, took me at my word, I could never be your pastor. Because I've failed so many times. Three years later, in an old camp meeting, 
I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Speaking in a language I never learned. And out of my innermost being flowed rivers of living water. And that flow has never stopped. It's still flowing today. I am alive and full of energy today. Just as much as I was when I started ministry over 30 years ago. And I expect to be doing this until Jesus comes or he calls me home. Have you heard someone say that Jesus saves and keeps and satisfies? Well, it's true, you know. But it's not enough to hear it. You must experience it. Take a drink today from that well and be satisfied. And you'll never thirst again. In conclusion, there's a song we used to sing years ago. It's entitled, Hallelujah, I Have Found Him. A man named R.E. Hudson wrote this song in 1875. But the experience with Jesus never changes, folks. People in years gone by had the same experience that you and I have today. And it goes like this. All my life long I had panted for a drink from some cool spring that I hope would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within. Feeding on the husk around me till my strength was almost gone. Long my soul for something better, only still to hunger on. Well of water ever springing, Bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never faileth, my Redeemer is to me. Then the chorus goes, hallelujah, I have found him, whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longing through his blood. I now am saved. There was a time when my spiritual life was like a dry creek bed. There were other times when it was just a small trickling stream. But these days I'm experiencing rivers of living water. If this is not where you're at right now, you can be. We have a promise, and all we have to do is trust him. If you're not born again today, you can be. Let this be the beginning of a new life for you. 
If you're a prodigal son or daughter, you've walked away, you've backslidden, whatever you want to call it, you're not in step with God anymore. Why don't you turn back to him today? He's waiting for you, you know. He's not condemning you. He's saying, I want to help you. I want to give you a drink from that living water. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart, his innermost being, will fall rivers, rivers, rivers of living water. That's what I want. And I want to continue it. I want it to continue in my life day after day after day. I don't want it to be a Sunday thing. I want it to be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's what's going to stir our community. That's what's going to give us revival out on the First Nations. That's what's going to see Coal Lake Community Church in the Lakeland area turned upside down. We don't need to wait for somebody to come in to do it. We're already here. And we've got a commission, and let's do it. Amen. Lord bless you, folks. I love you. And I just pray that you will have all that God wants for you in your life and for you and your family. In Jesus' name. Anyone who wants prayer, you want to receive the Lord as your Savior, you want to rededicate your life, you need healing, whatever it is, we've got people who will come and help me pray, and we will pray for you, and God will answer. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.